This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is the Migs Cast, and I am Steve Migs, and you're probably thinking, well, I already saw that we have a Migs Cast this week, but this is a bonus edition of the Migs Cast. Just me on this one, uh, and it's all about the Glorious Sons. I had an opportunity to chat with the Glorious Sons right before they did their show at the Showbox, which was incredible. They came to the station and do a bunch of stuff for our radio station and our company, and they had a couple extra few minutes, so we popped into a studio, and I sat down with a couple of the members. If you've been listening to the Migs Cast, you've heard me talk about the Glorious Sons probably almost every episode. Talk about them on the air all the time. They're my absolute favorite band. My wife and I, we obsess over this band, love all of their records. Their live show is, is, is on a whole other level. And so the opportunity to chat with some of the guys in the band was definitely something I was going to pass up on. And uh, in studio with me is Brett Emmons, who's their front man, Jay Emmons, their guitarist, and also Chris Coster, who is their other guitarist as well. It's a really fun chat where we talk about the band's live shows, their new record, the movie Youngblood comes up, Kanye West. I mean, we talk about some bunch of random stuff. And I also tell them how, how important they are to, to me and why they're so important to me musically. So it's a, it's a really cool chat. If you're a fan of the Glorious Sons, I absolutely think you're going to love this. And if you're not a fan, maybe you'll become one after hearing this interview. So uh, why don't we just jump right into it, my chat with Brett, Jay, and Chris from the Glorious Sons. I am here with the fellows in Glorious Sons. I've got Jay, Chris, and also Brett. You guys just did a bunch of stuff for our radio station. I appreciate you taking a couple more minutes to chat with me. Of um, I don't even know if I have really questions. It's going to be a lot of just me telling you guys how great you are. So if you guys are okay with that. <laughs> I uh, love it. It's just, uh, you're one of those bands that for both my wife and I, like every day we are always talking about a certain song that we heard. Or It's hard to explain, but it's like, since the first time we heard you guys, we fell in love with you. And then we saw you live, and it was like, okay, this is a next-level thing. And then we started seeing you live more, we realized, okay, each show is different and unique. And it's not like a band that just kind of goes up there and does the same set every night. And I think there's something special about that. Like You can tell like, there's an emotion when you guys are up on stage, at least from our perspective as fans, uh, that I think is, is, is unique. And it's not so much really even a question, but is that something that you guys set out to be? Because like, a lot of bands go up there and they have like, okay, we're doing the same set list. We got a light show that's going to be doing the same things for every song. And it's almost like a, a formula that they go through every single night. And I don't see that with you guys. This, and I, This most recent tour, we kind of finally found ourselves at a place where we have the catalog to be able to do that. And like, uh, you know, kind of switch up the experience every night, even mm-hmm. for ourselves. And, and it's also, you know, some nights it is a gamble because, you know, there's some nights where you really don't know. You're just kind of throwing darts you out. You miss the bus. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, that keeps it interesting for us. But it's also, <laughs> you know, there, there, you can, it, it's a vulnerable place to put yourself because you can make a lot of mistakes and hit, hit the wrong groove and kind of lose people and stuff. But for us, it's um, certainly for myself, that's kind of the whole jazz of it is just like, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, like, like I said, we're finally at that place now where we've got the catalog where we can really give a different vibe every night. So. When you say you lose the groove, is there times where you know, like, okay, we're losing the groove, and oh, yeah. what do you do to get yeah. back in that right mindset? Uh, it's more like I a just connection to with freak the out. crowd, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, if you put two or three uh, down-tempo songs together after, like, you know, six or seven rockers, you're going to notice a, a very different... Uh, atmosphere mm-hmm. by the end of those that run of three songs so then it's like how do we get them back to where we need them to finish the set kind of thing I, yeah it's it's a gamble too because like there's no rhyme or reason to it you can play a song one night that's just like gangbusters and everybody goes nuts and the next night it, for some reason it just hits differently and we do have we're lucky enough to have at least four or five songs that are like every night are going to go over Shotgun, My Poor Heart, songs like that that are just, no matter what, they're going to be that part of the set. So you just try to, like, take your gambles and make your make your little soup. And I think to add uh, to Chris's earlier, uh, to the question earlier, is we kind of fell into that. Like, we weren't, we, we, we would play the same set for, like, three or four nights in a row, and then it would actually, it would actually get bad because yeah. we would get bored on stage and people could feel us you know, going through the motions, and then the, sh- the show wouldn't go as good, so we would have to switch it up. Well, that's kind of like what rock and roll should be. I mean, in yeah. the sense, like, you should feel like there's almost like you're teetering on the edge, don't you think? Uh, I mean, I, I, so many bands, it seems like they're just, they, they're, they're, they've done it so many times that it doesn't feel, it feels very safe. Yeah. I think people fall into a rhythm of something that works, mm-hmm. and that's great. Um, we've even been, I don't know if it's guilty, but we've we've done that in the past, where there's been tours where, you know, we we hit the same set list in the same order for a good while. For us, it just becomes becomes a crutch, though. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's like it's easy to turn your mind off and just use that same set, and then you can go because you're so used to that. You can go out and drink till three or four in the morning and smoke a thousand cigarettes, or you know, stay up till whatever time, and you'll be able to go and hit that set yeah. like at least to seventy five percent. But you're not actually playing that much better I don't think and I don't think people are you'll never get that like gangbusters kind of you know crazy um, moment where you're kind of just one with the audience and perfectly present in a room with somebody that you get when you when you switch it up and kind of especially nowadays like I think people get less and less of that real like um I think people can feel it more than ever when something really kind of, like you said, like, uh, you know, skating on the edge of it or whatever mm-hmm. is happening. Um, I think people re- like kind of feel that more than ever. Cause I don't think there's that much of that out there no. anymore in, in any field of art well, or whatever. One thing that I question is I think some people like it. I think some people really like respect that, that teetering on the edge kind of rock and roll fast train vibe. But I think also that I, I don't know about people who, you know, might be, younger than myself who grew up basically listening to these uh you know shows they never seen anything like it before so i'm not sure really if they know how to feel at that moment some people might like it just instinctually but i think some people 
tend to get afraid because of that. Uh, I think we're one of the only rock bands out there not playing the track also, which is a yeah. a very big um, difference because we can, you know, Brett has a way of kind of conducting the show just with his actions and with, you know, that we have, you know, breakdowns and songs that one night will be five minutes long of him talking and the next night it'll be four seconds long. And so it allows us to just change on the fly and be this organic, you know, functioning thing kind of allows like different songs to take on a new life yeah. depending on the night depending on the mood and depending Where, whereas on, if you're playing yeah. the tracks you're locked into you're stuck to there's 16 bars right. here four bars here and whatever you know so it's like so that keeps it fresh for us too is that we can keep rolling along with with the vibe I remember even like the first time I see it, saw you guys at the Crocodile, and it was right from the get go. Like you start off, and I'm like, I feel like I'm at a party. You know what I mean? Like, not like a like a, a club party, but like a hanging out with my boys. Everyone's singing along. It's very communal, and you guys are just killing it up on stage. And it was like, I think the moment when you guys went into Kill the Lights, and it was just like there's a moment where you guys are just losing your minds on the guitars, and you're just feeling the moment. I just, I was just like staring there in awe, and it was just like everything was like firing on all cylinders. And I remember looking at my wife, and that set finished, and you guys were uh, one of the opening bands, and I was like, we need to see a full set. <laughs> and that's when we saw you guys were playing in Vancouver, drove up there, and we're like, we're going to see them anytime yeah. you guys are anywhere near us. And each time, there's always a certain moment. It's not the same song, and it's like what you brought up, like how you have that freedom of like each song takes on a life of its own in that live performance. I just, I truly appreciate that as a fan. Thank you. That, you know, anytime you go see a band, you're not getting to see the same thing each time and you just don't know. Um, and it, it's powerful just the feeling of the give and take that you have with the crowd. And it was one show, I remember, it was, there was like one numbskull in the crowd and he was like starting a fight. It was in Vancouver. And you stopped the set and you just said, hey, look, all these songs, we're writing about love and you're being a dick. Yeah. And, you know, and it was just like, Man, it was like you just everything was just everyone was being so aware at that moment. And it just it went from like this really awkward moment of this guy being a pain in the ass to like, yeah, you're damn right. This is about like us loving and having a good time. And I just thought that was something that was just so freaking powerful because that's what music should be. And it's like this guy was not interpreting it the right way. Yeah. And I that's a line that I use because like constantly to tell these people because we get these fights at our shows sometimes and they're all it's always the same I don't want to generalize, but it's always the same kind of guy. Yeah. He's always misinterpreting everything that we're doing. He, mm-hmm. You know, he comes, he comes for the thrash, but he forgets about you know, you know the 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 heart. And mm-hmm. and I mean that it's always been a point of contention for me because I, I don't know. I wish that I don't like to be. Re- I don't like the band to be represented that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think right. that, that's like a big part of why. You don't want to sing heavy anymore, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, I don't sing. We don't sing heavy anymore because I wrote it when I was eighteen years old, and like I started writing it when I was eighteen, but it changed many times. But it it just doesn't represent anything that I think we're about anymore. I, I always thought that there was like a bit of tongue in cheek, kind of like. Um like a bit of an in joke with that song that nobody got. There was, there is an in joke that I'm not going to really discuss, but it, but it was, it's been misinterpreted so many times <clears throat> that it, so you lose your stomach for playing it, and it's, yeah. and it's just you know, it, it's it's the same thing. You don't want to be represented that way. 
No, I get that. And yeah. It's unfortunate. There's people out there that that you know kind of like drop a turd in the punch bowl in a sense. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's just like, okay, thanks. Like, yeah, because of the way you're interpreting it, it kind of screws it up for everybody. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to feed the meatheads. They're getting fed enough from other places. <laughs> Dude, even in the world, like in what we do in radio, sometimes I. Oh, I'll, We'll do silly jokes, and I think that people are in on like, okay, you get that I'm being sarcastic, right. and like this is super tongue in cheek, yeah. and I don't think like then you meet somebody like they they they're like relating to that person that I'm mocking really. Yeah. I'm like, oh crap, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that gets in your head though. Like you're like, okay, I can't joke like that because no one's taking it as a joke. They think it's like uh, like gospel. And that's stupid. Yeah, it's a classic like Dave Chappelle talking about race, yeah. racist coming up to him mm-hmm. uh, because of the Chappelle show and thanking him. <laughs> like, trying. Which has got to mess with his head. He's like, yeah. do not get what yeah. I'm like, like, come, come on. on. <laughs> like, just if you had like a, a, a half a point on an IQ level, yeah. you should be able to know yeah. this is me mocking that. But oh. uh, The new record of War and Everything is just one of those records that every time I listen to it, I, I, it's like you pick up something new. Like there's just, there's like a, a great like, layers of sounds that I, I enjoy like okay oh that that bass line's really sick or the drum part and I, I'm a drummer so I tend to nerd out about the drumming and every record I always love the production of your drums because they, they feel real and they feel like you're in a room with the drummer as opposed to like this pro-tooled chopped up perfectly sure. processed sound shout out to Fred yeah yeah it's just incredible I, I mean but for the record for, for you guys I mean is it like I don't know. It's just like felt like you guys just finished touring in support of uh, Young Beauties and then just went right into the studio to, yeah. was that the, something that you guys want to do? Did you feel pressure or what? Because it nope. doesn't feel like it when you listen to it. It doesn't feel like an album like, oh, we got to hurry up and put this no. out. It feels very... The best part about this record was there was no pressure at all. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the reason why we went in after the Canadian tour was because we wanted to use that momentum to kind of, you know, feed into the the work, you know, mm-hmm. making, yeah. the, making the songs. There's a certain amount of, like, you know, capitalizing on when you hot coming off the road and you're playing really well together you, you kind of just want to dive in somewhere and and uh chronicle that if you can you know it's funny because when you you look back on it it might have been smarter to take a little bit of time just for our mental health <laughs> because we we finished the album and then got right back on the road yeah and we've been on the road since so i don't think we'll be going in and well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> was it a certain like song that decided like got you guys the juices flowing? We're like, let's just pick up and go with the momentum, or was there like a moment where? You I was, just, there's, I, sorry, there's a, a bit of that. Brett's always got great songs that inspire, but there was also like looking at the next five months and realizing if we're going to make an album, we have to do it now because <laughs> we're going to be on the road so goddamn much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean. We could probably always go into the studio and, and work on some ideas that Brett has and some come out with some great have. ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Because we just did that again. Yeah, we did. Like a few months ago. Yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to say that. But it doesn't matter. Really yeah, we got we got 14 <laughs> songs in the can. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Recorded? And I, yeah, yeah. All done. Yeah. Can you send me a link or something? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, need to make, I need to make some <laughs> lyrical changes, I think. Wow. And it was the like, Dropbox link is. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was even crazier than a war and everything because that one was like, I woke up the last day of the studio and it felt like I'd been in a dream. And and listening back to it now, well, not listening back to it because like, we made a conscious decision not to listen to it. But mm-hmm. you sit there wondering if you, if you wrote a complete pile of dog shit. 
<laughs> because you you can't really remember anything but like the moments of everybody like celebrating. <laughs> well, which has nothing to do with the bottle of bourbon you were drinking like. every day. Well, it's funny because you bring up like the like the house party aspect of the live show or whatever. This last record, well, War and everything too, but even more so this this last batch of tunes is like literally we recorded it in a house party like it's like 17 hours a day sometimes like there was five hours of sleep and then getting back up and doing it again like open door policy people are coming and going they're partying in the kitchen while we're recording in the living that, and room. i wasn't distracting at all that yeah it was it's a nightmare for me yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind it yeah no. It's like you're, you're cutting vocal takes and there's 40 people in the next room watching hockey and stuff. And you got <laughs> the producer going, okay, shut up. And then everybody's quiet like for 10 seconds. Yeah, exactly. See, he complains, but th- these guys are on totally different schedules. So me and Fred lived in the house. We would wake up. Jay would come in for, what, well, yeah, eight hours? Jay's like, the morning guy. Ten hours. Morning guy, eight to 10 hours. And then he would leave and go home and like you know go back to his, his dog and his girlfriend and by the time he left chris would show up and put in the same shift mm. so me and me and fred were just like holy hell <laughs> like, like 18 hour days <laughs> and i was definitely self-medicating a little bit <laughs> this last one too we there was like literally like we had a really good team built where there was like four yeah. or five different workstations happening at all times so you got one guy in the studio tracking drums and then another guy editing the drums and then, you know, there's all these little workstations around. It was really something like to a, see, actually. A manufacturing plant. Yeah, yeah. 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 very streamlined. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Motown Kingston Yeah, it was edition. pretty wild. <laughs> would you do it the same way for the next time? Yeah. 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 It's it was a great process. Well for you guys? Yeah, we've, would... we've kind of dialed into a process that is getting more refined each time and we're all kind of more and more comfortable with how things are going and understand what works and what doesn't. So I I imagine like we did those 14 songs we did in I think 14 days at the top of December. So I don't think, I don't think we could get much more efficient than that, but uh, definitely always learning. You guys did a, before this, you did a content thing for our, our corporate station and asked her some questions. And one part blew my mind, I, which is super stupid, but like you brought up the movie Youngblood. And I, like, I don't know if many people know it. You here. know I'm that like, movie? I grew up playing hockey, so oh, I'm like, no, that movie is like the Bible. Like, <laughs> I actually quite like it. Yeah, yeah no, it's I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know if I still romanticize about it because <laughs> I grew up loving it. And like, oh, I wish I had a billet like that. You know, like it's like the most ridiculous <laughs> A billet know? like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What an insane movie, though. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess it probably isn't super popular here if you're not someone that... I wouldn't think so. That's one of those ones that, like, as I said over there, like, we watch... Well, certainly, I I watch a lot of movies on the bus because I'm up all night, but um, me and our drummer, Adam, that's... Youngblood is at least least a couple times a tour. Mm -hmm. That's always a go-to. Oh, and Goon, great. too, also. Have you seen Goon? Yes. yes. If there's a hockey movie, I've watched every single yeah. one. Have Goon's you seen it? Was it Breakaway, one. where it's like the Eastern Indian guys started a hockey team? No. Seen, okay, spoiler alert, it's a terrible movie, but at some point they realize they can't play well unless they have a turban on, and so they make a helmet that looks like a turban, <laughs> oh and that gives them, it's so bad. So uh, we're downloading that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to watch a really bad movie, even I was like watching this, I'm like, 
Called I love Breakaway? hockey movies, but even it's just called Breakaway. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's called Breakaway. Quite a hilarious yeah. title, too. <laughs> I look forward to hearing your review on this. <laughs> Very imaginative title. Turban Helmet. You have me at Turban Helmet. Turban Helmet. Like, who would have thought? <laughs> That's the key to playing well in the hockey. Uh, and then I totally agree when you talked earlier about just the, the pitfalls of uh, Twitter and social media. Yeah. As we do in radio, we have to constantly be on those. And I, yeah. it just sets you in a spiral. It's like, gosh. My problem more is, like, if I'm on it, then I'm on it. So, like, I'll... Tweet something, but the more you tweet, the more you're on Twitter. So then you check that that uh, search engine, and all mm-hmm. and all the news comes up, and it's like you know, four die and friggin' Australia wildfires. Yeah. Like it's like just just this pile of shit yeah. being mm-hmm. like put on your mind at all times, and it's just so dark. It's like a flood of bad news, and then there's like the most miserable people. Commenting, commenting on the bad about news, it, making it even worse. And, like, oh and, my gosh, there's people who think like and, this and blaming people for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's like just too much. Uh, I can't handle it, <laughs> to be honest. But well, I, know I, I know you guys have a bunch of stuff to do, and I'm sure you've been like doing a million things. I do want to thank you guys just for. I mean, I, I, I'm thanking you for making great music. I know you're just doing what you do, and probably don't realize it maybe from your perspective, but as a fan. I mean, a lot of your songs just speak in ways. I still to this day on the air at least a couple times a week. I'm your band comes up and I'm like, you need to check these guys out. And I'll always get these texts from listeners. Like, I'm so glad you recommended the glorious sons. Now they've gone like the rabbit hole of listening to all the records and falling in love with them. But there's just one moment I, I, I would feel like in my own head, like I I just need to thank you guys for it. Cause when I saw you guys for the first show, my wife and I, who now we have a kid, uh, but we, at the time we're going through some like awful fertility issues and, Every day was a bad news, like, you know, from IVFs not working to IUIs going broke, all this stuff. And it was just like, I just can't stay positive. You know what I mean? It was like that night we went and saw you guys. It was like a Sunday night at the Crocodile. And it was like when, when you guys went to everything, it's all right. And it's like, I know that song's not about that, but it's like, you know how you interpret things yeah, at certain moments. It's about and when, whatever when, you want it to be. And when that chorus kicks in and it's just like, and, and the backing vocals come up and it's just like, Man, you just felt like everything's going to be all right. If that makes sense, like yeah. it's like that moment when a song means so much more than what I ever thought it would. And to this day, like I mean, if I hear that song, I think about that dark moment. Yeah, and just how like music, which I always feel like gets me out of ruts from whatever bands and you know certain songs. Like there's a Pearl Jam song called Present Tense that like really got me out of like the worst <laughs> depression of my life because it was just so like poignant at that moment. And that song is right up there too, in the sense that it just hit me in a way like I'm like you know what. Like I just keep you know you just keep pushing forward and keep things going and then here we are now with a two month old child and oh. it's kind of cool to have this moment to be able to thank you guys for creating something that can resonate with a fan to help us get out of our own heads and and and, and forget that you know the crap that we're going through and that there's maybe a light at the end of the tunnel that I didn't even realize at that time. Well, wow. Thanks, man. I'm glad to hear that. It's so it's not a question. It means, it's like you guys are yeah. great. Thanks, man. <laughs> That's a beautiful story. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. you for that. Good for you, man. Yeah. So I look forward to one day. Being Boy or girl. Uh, it's a girl, baby Tatum. It's her name. Uh, nice. She just name. makes weird sounds all the time right yeah. now. It's, <laughs> I'm just, you know, she's breathing, so I think I'm doing a good job. <laughs> it's like one of those things, but yeah, you guys are being played all the time in the house, and like, you know, we're hoping that subconsciously we're making her a fan, and she's not going to like <laughs> pick one of these YouTube pop stars that we're like, God dang it, I got to listen to this now. <laughs> she probably will. Yeah, she will. I'll be like, <laughs> I have a little boy who just turned six, and his favorite song is Old Town Road, and I'm just like, oh. what? What's happening while I'm away? I remember getting the Spice Girls album when I was younger yeah, and being yeah. pumped. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I love the damn Ghostbusters theme as a kid. Yeah. I could not yeah. get enough of it. Oh, oh, geez, don't say that around Jay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I told you. You don't like horror movies. Too many, too many dark memories. <laughs> and then, uh, just to wrap things up, I totally agree about the Kanye stuff that you talked about with the corporate stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, and still, 
the, my favorite moment was when my wife did not realize I was a Kanye cover that you guys do. Uh, oh, right. right away. So it's like, yeah. oh, I hope they do that live. I hope they do that live. I'm bummed they didn't do it live or whatever. And then one day I'm like, you know, it's a cover, right? And she's like, I didn't even realize that. And I played the original and she's like, whoa, I never thought I liked the Kanye song. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the, it's a good song. It's a yeah, great it song. A lot of people, we get a lot of that. The, the People really hate that guy, but I, I think it goes back to, you know, again, like this kind of... Uh, stew of dishonesty that people are inundated with on the internet and just in today's and people don't like the truth and you know the truth is whatever you think it is but uh, whatever you want to say about Kanye West he's always speaking his truth he's unapologetic about who he is which is what I admire and it's all like it sucks because a lot of rock and roll fans don't like Kanye West he's like the most rock and roll artist but he is rock yeah Yeah. he's so counterculture he's (laughs) so like yeah it's very, and someone said they saw him live, and there's a moment in his set where Jesus comes out yeah. to thank Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. White, white Jesus is what he referred to him as. White and Jesus when, comes out. I was like, I, I am so oh, bummed I missed this. Like yes. that's that's like a whole other level of that's like, absolutely. confidence. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he wears a mask for the first ninety minutes of the show, and then White uh-huh. Jesus comes out and he takes off his mask. Oh, that one is it. That was beautiful, man. That was the Yeezus tour. He also, the entire yeah. set design was a mountain. He, yes. just, he just did the entire thing from the top of a mountain. Unreal. Amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Thank you. We're Thanks, taking man. a few minutes out. Looking forward to tonight's show over at the Showbox and uh, wearing everything's in stores or online or however you listen to your music. Highly recommended on vinyl as well, which is the, the way I love listening to it at home. So thanks, as always, uh, for, for doing what you guys do. Thank you. Thank, thank you, man. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks. That was great, man. Thanks for those stories. All right, that's Brett, Jay, and Chris from the Glorious Suns. Check out their brand new record, A War on Everything. Actually, check out all their records. They're all very unique and different, but it's definitely the same band. There's a, there's a great vibe and a great spirit behind their, their their music and their emotion and the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. It's it's a band that is unlike any other band. I mean, honestly, it's right there with Pearl Jam. It's like one of those bands that I will always speak the good word about. So check them out. And if they come back to town anytime soon, I highly recommend it. Ran to a lot of mixed cast listeners at that show at the show box, thanking me for turning them on to this band. So that's pretty awesome. Also, just remember, you can always leave us an email, themigscast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail or a text message, 253-271-4787. Let me know what you think about the band or whatever else you want to talk about. We'll be addressing it next time when I got Glenn and the Rev in the studio with me. Until then, listen to the Glorious Sons and stay positive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.